Tandem Nomads, episode 178. Sometimes the greatest opportunities and achievements come out of the worst times of your life and the biggest crises periods that you can experience. Hello, Nomad Nation. Welcome to Tandem Nomads, the podcast show and entrepreneurship platform where you can find great inspiration and tips to grow a successful portable business and thrive in your global nomadic life. This is your host, Emel Deregui. I'm a business and marketing coach and the founder of Tandem Nomads. Today's episode is about doing a little retrospective on some of the previous episodes that I shared with you during the pandemic of COVID-19 and some marketing strategies to pivot. I am so grateful and lucky to have a guest here who's willing to share her experience in implementing some of those tips that I shared with you, Marcel Yeager. So Marcel, thank you so much for being here and are you ready for the ride? I'm ready. Fabulous. Nomad Nation, so Marcel has been very active during these times of COVID and she's going to share with us some of the strategies that she implemented during this time to pivot in her business. But it's not Marcel's first pivot. <laughs> Marcel has been on the show now for the third time and I'm so grateful for that, that she's willing to come back and keep sharing her journey with us as she grows her business. I love to have this uh, opportunity and honor to watch Marcel grow in her journey and, and be so open with us. So Marcel, I'm so grateful to you for that. It's so rare to have somebody who's willing to be so vulnerable and open in the highs and the lows. So here is a little bit about Marcel uh, Nomad Nation. So after 10 years in strategic communications, Marcel's Jaeger spouse joined the U.S. Department of State Foreign Service, and she had to reinvent her career. Since 2012, Marcel has run Career Valley, which has empowered hundreds of mid to senior level professionals and executives to reach the next level of their career by strengthening career narratives for the job search. She wrote weekly for the U.S. News and World Report and has been featured in various publications, including Money Magazine and Monster. So we've got a really great entrepreneur here who is an expert partner who has been building all of this on the move. And while we speak now, she's in Washington, D.C., but getting ready to move again very soon. So she's managed to build this amazing business, businesses, uh, along the way. But if you want to listen to her journey and know more about her, make sure to go to tandemnomads.com slash 178. So Marcel, when we started working together, you actually reached out before covid to promote and work on the promotion of a new product that you were developing with your partner, Danielle. So could you tell us more about that program that you were planning to have? Sure. Um, so my colleague, Danielle, and I, we both have separate businesses, excuse me, but she is more of a career coach, whereas my work is more with job search preparation and strategy. And we met several years ago and had worked together on several clients that needed help aiming their job search. So they couldn't just come to me and Career Valet to get their materials done without actual goals to help us align where they want to go. So she helps those types of clients. So it worked really well, but we had never put all of it down on a website or even on paper to explain the program, the process, everything, and how it works so that people we could actually market it and put it out there. It was just people coming to us and we'd say, well, hey, we have this package. 
And that's why we came to you for that support. That was amazing. So do you want to describe a little bit like how this package worked just to have an idea of the kind of services you provided and as well as Danielle? Sure. Um, so what happens is we'll have a, you know, a client that fits that category of needing some direction as where to where to target their search. And Danielle will work with them through several one-on-one coaching sessions. She is a certified um, Gallup Strengths Finder coach and certified, I believe, by Martha Beck as well. So she goes through a series of assessments with the client to determine where their strengths are and how to leverage them and what types of, how that translates into skills in the workforce and what types of jobs they might really be interested in. So it gives them all kinds of new ideas on on where to aim and how to think, and she's very good at that. And then at that point, once those targets are determined, the person would come to us and my team and we would actually work together on developing. We develop for them, but work with them and build custom questions to help build their materials, both um, well, resume, cover letter, and LinkedIn profile. And from there, they go back to Danielle and get some additional coaching on starting the job search and actual planning for networking and things and how to get going and remain accountable. What I also found it interesting about this package and this offer you were building was that you were targeting the niche. We always talk about niche, nomad nation. And, um, and that's what I found that Danielle and, and Marcel were super powerful. They had a very specific niche, which were people who were already having a job, but were not happy in their jobs. And they wanted a change, but didn't know how to make this change. Correct, Marcel? Exactly. It's people who felt stuck in their job, had been there maybe for many years or overwhelmed by the whole process and really felt like they had more to contribute, but were not in the right place. Now, my nation, what we're going to do now, we're going to go through the process that I've been sharing with you in the episodes and the webinars uh, that I've been sharing during COVID. And if you want to listen to those episodes where I explain the process, you will find all the links on tandemnomads.com slash 178. But basically, this process is a four-step process. The first one is assessing when there's a crisis, is assessing the situation. The second step is super serve. Super serve your audience when you are in crisis and show up. A lot of people at the beginning of COVID started backing up and hiding. And the whole message, and this is why I was screaming on my mic during the whole time of COVID, is step up. This is the time to step up instead of hiding. So you've been doing that, the second step, super serve. The third step was about pivoting. And we'll share with you how Marcel and Danielle did that. And finally, it's about also measuring the results of all of this to be able to then as well make some adjustments for the next steps. So we're going to go through these four steps. Uh, I also want Marcel to share with us her personal journey, how she felt along this way. We'll talk about that. So here's a bit of a structure of our conversation today to showcase what to do during crisis. So these steps, no matter if we're in COVID still or another type of crisis, are things that you want to consider, no matter if it's a global crisis, a market crisis, or an individual crisis. And this is why I'm so grateful that Marcel is willing to be our guinea pig here and share with us the real life, a real life example of how it looks like in terms of implementation. So in terms of assessment, uh, this is pretty fast for us, Marcel. If you remember, we were we were just we were working together on a marketing plan to promote this package and then COVID came. Can you share a little bit of that? 
Yeah, I remember we had everything drafted and you had looked at everything and made comments and they were great and we're all ready to implement and then everything shut down. And I remember we had a call where you shared with us how important it is now to redirect the message a bit and maybe change our plan, not necessarily cancel it, but put it off and adjust it for the time being to really respond to what was happening. And that had a big effect on me because I've now noticed since how which businesses are reacting, which magazines are publishing about this and which are not, and how I think that's going to have an effect on consumers in the future. So I think it really made sense when you said we need to change the message. And that's ultimately what we did was not change the whole piece that we were going to put on our website, but actually to market this product, but just pick certain areas of where there was emotion and feeling right now and to try to tap into how people were feeling and change the language so that they knew we understood how they were feeling and could respond to that. And they could say, oh, they get it. They, they understand how I'm feeling right now. So it wasn't even that our ideal client really changed. It was more about how to talk to them. Yeah. And that was one big barrier was in terms of assessment was like, well, now people are being furloughed and being fired. So how are you going to convince people who want to change their jobs to actually quit or look for a new job when everybody's actually worried to lose their jobs? And that was hard. But I think the message that really resonated with people and has since is that and, you know, and at least in our situation, when you think about it, the competition would only increase over time, right? Because no, there's no certainty about which businesses will disappear forever, which will come back, what new businesses will come up. Nobody can say. And so if you, we encourage job seekers, well, if you're going to wait, you're not going to feel any differently. You're probably still going to hate your job. You're probably still going to feel stuck. And if you keep waiting, your competition is going to increase, right? Because there's, you know, over 40 million unemployed right now in the U.S. And um, it's not going to help to wait and search for something new when hiring is still happening. Oh, my God. You know what? I just realized there's a parallel between what you're teaching your clients about job search that uh, they should not hide because when it's reopens, you have to be ready it's the same thing with a business. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Is there any, was there a moment during those first days where it started or first weeks even that you were afraid for your business and it might sink? Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> because, you know, you're like seeing all these people losing jobs. I was hearing anecdotes from uh, even from friends and former clients about people getting huge pay cuts, even in jobs that I didn't expect to hear, like lawyers and software engineers, not in hospitality and the restaurant business, right? So you're, I was thinking, oh my gosh, nobody's going to be willing to pay for my service anymore. But what I've realized is it's still such a sore point. I think that resume building and thinking about yourself objectively and your experience Everyone hates doing it and it's a huge pain point and it just wasn't going to go away. And I think, and I really honestly said to myself, probably for the first time I, that I had never been so glad I had started 
this type of business. I had never realized how sustainable it could be during a time like this, that it was still a service that would continue to be needed. And now I'm seeing more so even as we're doing even better than before. Um, so I, that quickly dissipated as I saw things were a little bit slow at first and then they became more steady and then just went on an upward trajectory. Yeah. But imagine if you had just slowed down because you would have just assumed that people are not going to look for a job because everybody are look, losing their jobs. Yeah. And that's something I've seen people doing. And unfortunately, I think if you disappear entirely, people tend to forget or remember mm -hmm. <laughs> and not feel good about that. So I told myself, you know, I have three young kids and, um, had an elderly dog as well during this and husband working at home, a lot of other stressors that just where there was bad timing during this period. And I, we lost our childcare right at the beginning, not of our choice, but to other families that our nanny had worked with longer. And so this was very tough. And I, I was questioning how am I going to make this happen? And, And how can I keep it going? And I realized that I couldn't just stop because to me, this is, you know, I'm sure a lot of you understand as, as expats as well, this is a big part of my identity is my business and my work. And I know that if I gave it up now, that would hurt me for years to come and I might not be able to rebuild it. Yeah, this is huge. I'm so grateful that you share this. I mean, Um, I know how hard it was, and this is why I also wanted to have you here. I was so inspired by the way you showed up. I mean, I know I knew all the details of how things were going wrong in the background, like sick dog and losing the nanny, no time, homeschooling, all these things that were happening, and then sharing the space with also your husband who had to work as well from home. And so... Yeah, we're going to dig deeper into that as well because I think that that was a big pain point for so many of my clients as well. And, and I know a lot of listeners who went through that. So, um, but you did push through. And once you have accepted to push through and said, I need to do something, I cannot hide, it's time to take action. The next step was we were talking about the super serving. So we talked about some strategies what you could do to show up and super serve during this crisis. So could you tell us more about what you decided to do? Absolutely. And this was, I think, very important um, that you encouraged us to do this because I could see, like I said before, I really am noticing the businesses that are not doing something, both small and big, right? Um, And, and you just feel that there's like almost a lack of acceptance or empathy there. And mm -hmm. I didn't want to become one of those, <laughs> one of those labeled businesses. So for me, it was about, okay, people are in furlough, losing their jobs. Um, how can we help be there for people during this time in a way that was, you know, easy enough for us. Um, and so we decided to do the six week, course we actually ended up doing seven because we did a test run initially um each week of a one-hour workshop open to anybody completely free excuse me to explore what 
was happening during the pandemic and how to overcome these challenges and help yourself stand out and develop your materials and think about networking um, and just bring value to people. And this was a really important exercise I see now uh, because people, we got great feedback from it and people were very appreciative of, of doing this. And I think they got a lot of value from it. So it allowed us not only to serve former clients and people that were out of jobs, uh, but also people, you know, some of these people had never heard of us or seen us before, but either received the information on social media or from friends or colleagues. And it really helped us grow our audience. Yeah, that's that's a result that you've seen in terms of your mailing list, for example. Your mailing list has been growing by organizing these free calls. Yes, I before, I mean, through the period of just having people sign up, went up by 140, but that doesn't include um, the additions that my colleague Danielle had to her list, which I believe are over 100 as well. So... We increased that audience and um, that was the big win because now people are sort of within our world and, and are aware of what we do. Speaking of you know, the challenges and things, we were very much about sharing some personal information about how this time was challenging for us and we understand what you're going through. And it also helped people, I think, to hear about what a lot of our clients in the background were going through in terms of furloughs and pay cuts and hiring freezes and interviewing. And really, we got a lot of questions during these sessions about that. So I think it was helpful for people to hear they weren't alone. Yeah. And, you know, I remember reading your newsletter and you've always been very vulnerable and open. And, and the more you do this business, the more approachable you get in a way and personal. But I found that during this time is the time where, I don't know if you agree, but where you were even more relatable. I had the feeling that you were building a more meaningful relationship as well by showing yes. who you were as a person. Yeah, that's been very hard for me, even though I'm open when it comes to people I meet and, you know, I'm sort of an open book. But in a professional sense, that's always been a struggle for me. But you, what you've seen is right. So I'm glad to hear that's coming across <laughs> because I've intentionally realized that allowing people to see what I'm going through helps them deal with their challenges as well and feel supported. So that's been big learning as well. So you pivoted in your content as well through your blog, through your newsletter, and through your videos where you adjusted the messaging even beyond just those uh, weekly calls that you did. So that's also important to to highlight. Um, one other thing I want to know I want to share with you. I realized I didn't share that maybe with you is also the this the swift uh, adapt flexibility that you had even when you do those weekly calls. First of all, they were consistent. And everybody knows how much I insist on that, being very consistent. Like the calls were always the same day of the week, the same time. People knew when it was so that it's a meeting point every week to find guidance. But on top of that, you were also very good at observing what was happening during the calls and then adjusting, making the adjustments for the next call. So again, it's all about being quick, observant, and then being reactive 
at, at adjusting things. And one of those adjustments I remember you made was this whole challenge about, okay, we're attracting people who are fired, but not necessarily people who are actually still in a job. And you had to make a shift there as well to attract them. Can you say more about that? Because you needed to sell that program what people would actually be willing to change their job, even if they had one. Yeah, so no, that's a good observation. I, I think what we were able to do is through our presentation and the content that we shared, give examples of clients that we're either working with currently or in the past who were kind of that more ideal client, right? The people that we're trying to target. And I think that resonated really well with people because they were real life examples, of people mm -hmm. that we had either together or helped separately. Um, and not just testimonials, although we did share, I think, one in each session, um, but actually just telling the story as we shared the content, supplementing that by saying, you know, when I worked with this one woman or, you know, without using identifying information, but just to generally tell them how that client had had success, that was very helpful. Yeah, to attract the right audience in a way. I think that's important to... I love that you observed that you are not attracting the right audience for the program you were trying to sell with, with Danielle. And we also changed based on the questions people were asking. Uh, I changed a lot of my own messaging, as you were saying, like in newsletter and social media, but also in promoting these webinars each week and in them themselves. Yeah. Just That's... adjusting to the types of questions those people were asking. Yeah, to attract them. So, which leads us to the third piece, the pivot. So you've, you've assessed the situation, you came up with a solution to SuperServe, and then you came to pivoting. We talked about pivoting through your social media, uh, your newsletter, but there's a big pivot that you did as well. So what are the things that you did, would, you did to pivot the program? The focus before, I think, had been a lot on the work-life balance aspect and the f having more flexibility and now with every all the uncertainty we realize people aren't going to be thinking in that way so much right because everything's up in the air so what emotions do we need to respond to and i think the answer really was yeah they still might be feeling stuck and not challenged but we also need to address that they're feeling like is this the right time to start a program like this? Um, should I be spending money on a program like this? Um, Answering the objections. Yes, and all of the objections, exactly. Mm. So we went in and we addressed those, um, you know, and part of it is that the, <laughs> the program actually takes several months in, you know, full transparency to get it finished. So if you started now it's not like you'd be ready tomorrow to job search anyway so if you want to stick around and be secure in your job maybe later is a good time for you but preparing yourself is good and then also this is a good time to prepare yourself right because a lot of you are working from home and um some have more time than others but still it's a good time to be reflecting and thinking about all the strengths you have and different directions you could go so you're right, we addressed those objections and I continue to do that through everything, not just through the um, each workshop each week, but again, through the 
social media and newsletters and all marketing. And there's another thing I remember we did, although the program did not change, you changed the name. Yeah, it was more about the, I think it was uh, find the job to fit your life. Again, back to the work-life balance mm -hmm. perspective. And we changed it to fit your needs mm -hmm. because we realized that people's situations had changed so drastically and no one was sure anymore. So you're always going to, needs would apply no matter what. Yes, that's fabulous. So while doing these pivots, can you tell me, how did you feel about it? Were you feeling like uncertain? What was going through your mind when we were trying to do these pivots while having everything else happening in your world? I'm glad you asked because I haven't thought about it myself. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I definitely felt frustrated, to be perfectly honest, because it was like, oh, we did all this work and now we have to go and revise it. Are you kidding me? Like, how, let's just edit this thing to death but I'm so grateful that you pushed us and Danielle pushed me as well um, to do it because it was necessary because I think people would have completely just said oh these women are not realizing what's happening in the world like how can they just go out there and try to sell this big package without recognizing what's happening in the workplace um, and so It was frustrating, but it was very important. Again, as you said, because it also didn't just allow me to do it for that, but it allowed me to change all messaging around for my whole business, not just this program, um, in terms of what I'm putting out there to my audience. And I think that, that people have responded really well to that. Um, and I've noticed that through engagement and comments, but It's again, it makes you more relatable. Yeah. So, what helped you take action, even if it was frustrating and exhausting? And again, let's not forget you had so much other things happening. So, what, what pushed you to, to push through? I felt like I had to do it. I mean, I, I wanted to help people during the pandemic and with, you know, given my situation with young children including a two-year-old it wasn't like I could be going out and mm. um, you know trying to as much as I wanted to you know go feed people in need and so forth that's not something that I at the time or you know ability to do so to be able to do this and serve the people already in my mm. orbit right or like that I could share that expertise as you said um, with people in need I think was rewarding and gratifying for me so that pushed me a lot to feel like I was doing something for the community um and and I just I think when I when I say I'm gonna do something I do it so it's just the way I am so it was like okay I have to finish this I'm not just gonna put this away for a later date that's who you are For sure. You don't give up. <laughs> That's what I love about you. Thank you for sharing that. And it's so powerful in terms of messaging and knowing, you know, that's where I always think as an entrepreneur, we need to know what we stand for, what are our values, because that, those are the times where you can use them to guide you in making the right decisions. And that's really important that you're aligned with your big why when you run a business even more during these times. Okay, so you, you shared with us how you made all these pivots and how hard it was, but you did, did them, do them. Uh, could you share some of the outcomes that came out of it for you? 
Yes. Um, so as I mentioned, the mailing list went way up because of the people that subscribe to the workshops. And from it, we're now working with two clients um, together. And I have an additional two clients who came to Career Valet separately. Um, but we had many more consultations than that. We definitely had, I think, close to 12 to 15 additional consultations people signed up for during or post-workshop between the two of us. And so some of those people are still considering working with us. So I, you know, of course, again, with all the uncertainty, this is a difficult period, we expected that to happen. And I think some of them might come through because they were very interested. They were definitely our ideal customer who were in that stuck point, not sure where to maneuver next. Um, and I've also seen referrals already, even from people who participated in the workshop with people scheduling consultations to learn about our services. Uh, just from passing our information on to others. Um, so yeah, I think that it definitely made an impact. Um, and again, as I said, we've gotten really good feedback from it, um, both written and verbally from all kinds of people who participated. And as a result, we're starting to think about what kind of a pivot we can make mm -hmm. to um, serve a lot of those people if maybe this package full package isn't right for them but maybe a course or a group program is something they'd be interested in so we're working on a survey to find out what might come next one of the biggest things that I share during all these times and I've noticed so many entrepreneurs will start giving things for free without a strategy and you had it you did give for free but you had a strategy behind it or start breaking their prices madly to sell. And at the end, sometimes end up costing them more than actually selling. Um, and I'm glad that you did not go into reducing dramatically or even to reducing the price. You had tested it and realized it didn't work. So now instead of reducing the price, you're pivoting the product so that it doesn't require so much manpower from you but still be able to provide the support and solution at a cheaper price point. Yes. Yeah, so you're right. It's not just about making it more accessible for people at a lower price, but changing the components. So they're still getting a lot of value because they noticed in the workshop sessions, people felt like they were getting a lot of value. So the idea is that, well, if we're still offering our expertise, in a course format where it doesn't mean we need to show up every week in person, people are still going to get all of that expertise and might be willing to pay, you know, a lower price, but require less of our time. So you talked about some of the results, results you got directly related to this product, but your business has also grown on this side because you've been implementing some pivots also outside of this specific product that you were trying to promote. Do you want to share more about that? Yes. Um, so as I said, like the, I was a little bit worried at first that things would slow down, but they remained a bit steady, a little slow, and then came back to steady in March and into April. Um, but really during this time, I've been able to hit, except one month, I think, it was a little bit below, I've been able to hit my 
monthly goals. And actually May turned out to be probably my best month ever in eight years of business, which is still surprising to me. And I'm not quite sure how the work got done, except for my fantastic writing team. I would not have been able to take on so many new clients or done all that myself. So I'm extremely grateful to them um, who have their own struggles during this time as well as parents. So uh, it's, it's been, well, it's been very difficult. I feel like we've I've seen that, as you said, this is a service people still needed and were willing to pay for during this period. And I've had clients who still have jobs but want to do something else. I have clients who are under furlough or under threat of being furloughed or let go um, and others who have lost jobs. But I think universally it's kind of been shown to me that this is – just still, again, that severe pain point mm-hmm. and a service that people are still going to want and need yeah. in light of the economic situation. So even in hardship times, when we have a solution that helps solve a real problem and where we're clear about the pain points, because that's a big job that you've done through the process, is to explain that how much you know about these pain points, uh, when those are clear, people are willing to pay even if they don't have enough resources or they feel like their resources are limited during the time of crisis and uncertainty. And I think it does depend on your price point, obviously. Um, but I think this has taught me that, that our price point is in a good place um, because I have seen you know, a lot of entrepreneurs pivoting due to the fact that people just feel like a price might be too high, but I intentionally designed because of, I think I haven't put much thought into this, but I realized that a lot of the reason that I had to make my business this way um, and hire on contract writers is because of having a young family. And I knew I couldn't scale a business and, and do all the work on my own while raising the family and moving around the world. So I think reducing my one-on-one time has been a major piece of, of the success factor. Mm-hmm. Cause as I said, whether crisis or not, I just could not have dedicated that amount of time to each client individually. So in taking myself out of a lot of the work and trying to work more on the business instead of in the business as much as possible, it doesn't always work perfectly, but, um, it works most of the time that developing those processes and solutions has been the only way it's been possible. And I, well, I was lucky that when I did that first pivot and closed serving talent um, last year, early last year, I immediately put into place new um, programs, processes, yeah, templates, like, project management uh, platform with my writers so that we had a very streamlined structured process and I could take myself out of a lot of it. And then most of the communication was happening between once I set them up between the clients and my writers, uh, except for me still doing the, the one consultation as part of most packages we offer that 
if I hadn't done that a year ago, yeah, I'm not sure where I would be <laughs> right it's now. True. So I wish I had done that a long time before. So I guess that's a good lesson learned is to prepare yourself for any move or any crisis or any unexpected bumps like this, that yeah. having those processes in place is a huge. It's a huge piece. Yeah. Yeah. So for that nomination, if you're interested, I do have a book that I've been recommending many times uh, that's called Clockwork. Um, I don't know if you, Marcel, had yes had access to that book. And was it helpful for you? Absolutely. I still, yeah. the, the one part I wish I could figure out is how to go on vacation <laughs> and remove yourself completely. <laughs> I try, but it doesn't always work I know. that way. What has helped you find the motivation to keep going? Because I remember how exhausted you were and how overwhelmed you were. Yeah, no, I'm happy to share it. Um, and hopefully it will help others. I I mean, what, in addition to having a two, seven and nine-year-old at home and the seven and nine-year-old with very inadequate support from the school and the teachers, uh, very much so like, you know, they just threw a bunch of stuff at us and said, here you go, You're, you need to give them homeschool um while we're both trying to work from home and a two-year-old with no child care and a dog who was almost 14 that was struggling to walk and we recently actually had to say goodbye um just last week so it's we have also and the other stressor we've had is that we have a former home that we started renting when we became expats years ago and we have never had so much trouble renting that and we were trying to do that on our own as always and showing the property you know during covid and with dealing with all kinds of situations and having people drop out at the last minute so the stress of not knowing when that would be rented there's been a lot of things and i think what i've had to do and i typically do this but even more so now in this crisis period was to really focus on just my small world here, right, in our home, and know that I needed to take care of my family and myself first. And there's a lot of bad things going on in our country and in the world. And I could let all that toxic information affect me, but I had to block it out. Mm. And so I concentrated a lot on just focusing on all the essential pieces both in my life and in my business. I mean, really it was about what are the things that are, you know, who are our clients and who are the potential clients and doing only the activities that had to do with generating business so that my writers were getting paid and I'm getting paid and we were able to operate as normal. So just those things that had to be done. Mm. Um, and there have been many bad days, I'll be honest, and you know, days where I felt in a fog and days where my husband and I felt crazy and have just you know, been laughing over everything left to right because there's no other way to be <laughs> or curling up into a corner um, with lack of sleep and, and all kinds of, of difficulties. But you know, at the same time, I, I keep telling myself I'm grateful that we're healthy. I'm grateful that we uh, both have secure work and, you know, that business has been sustainable and focusing on those things. And like I said, our, our world 
and not let the other distractions outside of it. Now, a lot of it has been drawing strength from friends and keeping in touch with good friends and calling them randomly and texting. And just that really helps me a lot maintain my groundedness in the world since I can't see them in person. That's been a big thing for me as well as trying to exercise to YouTube videos several <laughs> times a week, but mentally I need that as well. I know myself um, and reading also offers me an escape. So I try to do that before I go to bed, unless I've had <laughs> hours of work at night, which has happened a lot um, fre more frequently, of course, but it's, it's, it's been hard. Um, and the reason I think I keep going is, I mean, I learned years ago when my father passed away, um, and I was overseas and it was quite unexpected that I had to keep going and I had to keep going through the grief and the uncertainty and the, these feelings because my family needed me. I couldn't just stop functioning because of my children my husband um so business kept going you know and that's what i always tell myself you know that's what he would have wanted for me as well um and the same applies now and i keep reflecting back to that because i think we're all going through a lot of grief right now and different stages of the grief process not knowing how things will end in this strange period of our lives um but at the same time the only way to move through it is to keep going. Um, and I think that for me, as I'm sure for many people, like creativity is a big part of that. And so it's when I lose the feeling that I have time for creativity uh, or taking care of myself that things start to fall apart. Yeah. So even if it's 10 minutes a day of writing or that exercise time, in the morning with children running around me, um, I make sure that I get as many of those little small pieces as I can so yeah. that I can push forward. I don't know what you learned about yourself during this time because I think that's, that can be interesting to, to know. Absolutely. I, and, and from what I just shared, it might be obvious, but I feel like the opportunities that come out of some of the most difficult times in my life have led to the best outcomes. Mm. Um, and while it's not easy, you know, it was not easy to push through and work during this time. Um, and there was, were definite tipping points where we said something has to change. Um, and it felt like nothing was possible to change that a lot of times your greatest work can come out of these times. If you just keep, moving forward and realize that things aren't going to stay the same. You're the living uh, proof of the motto of Tandem Nomads, which is turning challenges into opportunities. And for that, I'm so grateful. But before we say goodbye, I still want to pick your brain a little bit as the expert of recruitment, because some people might need to know a little bit about this. So in few words, can you tell us what did you learn from the industry right now through this COVID crisis? What are, yeah, what are the key indicator that we need to pay attention to during this time? It's a great question. Um, overall, what I've seen is that while companies have are suffering, have closed, many, many are still hiring. 
companies are starting to bring people back from furlough. Um, and it's all across the board. So while yes, industries you would guess like hospitality, uh, travel, um, sports, entertainment, um, these are all industries that are suffering and are going to continue to suffer. They're not entirely dead. Um, and a lot of them will come back. Now, a lot of them might be the bigger businesses, which is something I've encouraged people to focus on because they'll have more ability to hire again. But there are going to be new businesses that come out of this as well, like new opportunities, as you said, um, that we can't foresee yet. And there's also, I think, a really amazing opportunity as well um, in terms of employee engagement and stakeholder engagement, both internal and external that I'm seeing where companies before were not paying as much attention to how much people really wanted the experience of remote work mm. and they weren't paying attention to, you know, people's lives outside of work. Right. Um, and how there really wasn't a balance, especially in the United States um, between those lines. And now they've been completely crossed. I'm also seeing a huge focus with people being interviewed, asked about diversity and inclusion. Yeah. Because of um, the Black Lives Matter yes, movement. In, yeah. Exactly. And even like how many women are on your team or have you worked on a diverse team or managed a diverse team before? These are all questions I think that are going to continue and skills that people need to highlight no matter what industry they're in. And I think employees are just going to be more used as non-negotiables, things like remote work. Um, or more flexible policies. And that's why the employee engagement piece is going to be so big yeah. going forward. This is so interesting. So Nomad Nation, if you want to learn more about Marcel Yeager's services around that, if you know somebody who needs support in finding a job, and um, I know that you're specialized in the American market, Marcel, but because you're an expat, I think um, you can provide support as well for other type of guidance, right? For job search. Yes, we've worked with people around the world. Excellent. So where can you find you? The best place is just our website, careervalet.com. Um, and there's a blog on there with links to a lot of our job search advice that we do every week, um, as well as a link to schedule a consultation. Excellent. So Nomad Nation, check out uh, Marcel's great resources. She has also great videos and, and a blog where she shares great tips there. Um, Thank you so much again, Marcel, for, for sharing this very inspiring journey. And I know that this is going to continue and I won't be surprised if I ask you to come back. <laughs> Thank you so much, Amal. My pleasure. pleasure. My pleasure. And Nomad Nation, I hope that this episode has inspired you as well to see a real case study of how these strategies work and will help you if you just try to find that energy and motivation and mindset to push through and then trusting the system. I think that combination here is a little bit the message that I wanted to share with you through this episode. Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to meeting you in the next episode. Stay tuned to turn your challenges into great opportunities. <laughs>